Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOK. Before we start the episode, we just want to remind you that everyone's sexual and romantic attraction works a bit differently. What you are about to hear are opinions based on personal experience, and any descriptions of romantic or sexual orientations featured in this episode are not representative of any group. Hello, friends, and welcome to AOK, the podcast about people on the aromantic and asexual spectrums. I'm your Aeroace host, Courtney Lang, and joining us today is Bridget, who is a barista during the day and a writer at night. Hello and welcome. Hi. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I have lived in St. Paul my entire life, um, except for four months in Ireland, which, you know, was the time of life. Um, <laughs> so I've, I'm 25. Um she her pronouns and I am great ace or demisexual and panromantic great um how do you distinguish like are you both demi and gray I don't know okay that's fair (laughs) that's yeah we're still in the uh, experimentation experimentation phase with that one yeah (laughs) um so what what are the differences of those to you um for me I guess the way I understand it is Demi is more um, sexual attraction arises once you have an emotional connection with somebody. Um, and up until like six months ago, I that definitely described me. And then there's once or twice where I ran into like a stranger and I was like, oh, huh, that's attraction. I know what that is now. Oh. Um, so for Grace, it just, again, as I understand it, is you feel it like, far between and like very rarely and there's no kind of like rhyme or reason to it but it's not as like emotional connection dependent right it's not as um dependable yeah yep yeah Yeah. it's very just kind of like oh that's random okay interesting so um what does being gray slash demi um sexual and panromantic mean for you uh it means uh, confusion in my head a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um (laughs) I think panoramic for me is just kind of, it just is. Like, I don't tend to think about it a lot um, just because I, for me, it just means I'm attracted to all sorts of people. Um, I'm not, you know, restricted to a binary. Um, I don't, restricted is maybe not the best word, but <laughs> to me, it supersedes binary. Yeah, we're, we're doing the best with the language we've got. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think being grace and or Demi is just that, like, I'm attracted to all sorts of people, but very rarely and under unknown circumstances at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so when did you figure out that you were on the ace spectrum? I figured out I was ace um, my sophomore year in college, so five years ago. Um, And I was on Tumblr and just kind of, like, reading stuff about asexuality and then I went to my friends and I was like hey guys guess what and they're like yeah we know (laughs) thank you but also I mean I'm glad that I figured it out yeah um but it was just kind of one of those things where it just kind of clicked and I know like I read that on the internet all the time where it's Mm -hmm. just like oh it made sense and 
that's such a real thing. Like mm-hmm. I went through all of high school thinking that attraction was a myth and that people were just like keeping up face and you know it was like a lie that everybody bought into yeah. and then I'm like oh no that's actually a thing that people feel yeah okay because well, they always talk to you like oh don't be pressured into it or mm-hmm. like whatever so I was like man I'm really good at not being pressured right? into this like I thought it was one of those things that was seen as like cool like mm-hmm. cigarettes or like I don't know <laughs> like things that people really didn't want to try that much but mm-hmm. tried yeah um yeah no I totally get it yeah um so that's when I figured out it was ace and then I assumed I was like heteroromantic uh, up until my senior year of college and then I got a crush on a girl and I was like okay that's yeah. okay whatever that's fine <laughs> cool yeah so does do a lot of people know or are you pretty out about it um pretty out yeah it kind of depends like if people ask me I'm just like yeah I'm ace mm-hmm. um I tend to just kind of identify as queer because it's saves a lot of trouble it does um and like with my coworkers and like my close friends i'm all the way out um but yeah sometimes it's easier to just be like i'm bi because yeah. i and i don't like doing that because it also feels like taking up space that belongs to other people but i'm also like okay this is the easiest thing that you're gonna understand in the 30 seconds that we're having an interaction yeah what do you think would make it easier um i think just first of all like representation and Mm -hmm. for people to know that like being ace is a thing like I it needs to be honestly it needs to be taught in health classes it it's something that needs to be in the curriculum because people don't know what it is and so every time I'm like oh I'm ace they're like oh what's that and Mm -hmm. I have to sit down and be like here's some personal things about my life like and I've gotten, I mean, I've gotten comfortable talking about it just because I kind of have to, like, but, um, so yeah, it would be easier if more people knew about it and if more people were just kind of, were open-minded. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think there's a long way to go, especially when like bisexuality still has so much negativity, like people don't believe it's a thing. Yeah. Which and, is wild. Like, yeah. I, Ah, <laughs> That's exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I, once people are more open to the being spectrum of things in general, you know, whether it's gender or sexuality, we just have to stop thinking in tiny little boxes. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Especially the whole representation, like. I agree with you talking about, like, this needs to be taught in health class because that's why so many of us, I think, have gone through life. And then the moment we hear the term asexual or learn what it's about, it's like it clicks. And mm-hmm. that's why you hear it so often is because we just never heard the term or we never even knew it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think representation is very slowly increasing, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen BoJack Horseman. I have. But- I, I saw it for the... Like, the only reason I watched it was because I knew there was an ace character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's how I got started, too, and then I got sucked into it. But, um, and I, the way they handle Todd as a character, I think, is amazing. Be- just because they they give him to f- the freedom to kind of figure out what he is and, like, how to live his life. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that, especially in that show, they include, like, the struggle that he goes through mm-hmm. at some to some extent. Um, because I think 
it's it gives him more uh, makes him more dynamic and allows for that kind of struggle to be seen yes because we don't have that and mm-hmm. I mean we don't even with like he's the first real character that we have that's like I am ace yeah I mean even with like Riverdale and Jughead that whole thing was it was, just, it was yeah. a scandal <laughs> exactly yeah and so yeah yeah no I I think I I think I like how Todd was allowed to discover it as well because the way he said it was just so like it hit me so hard when he when she when I can't remember what her name is but there's Emily I think Emily yeah. this girl who really likes him is trying to hook up with him or whatever and finally she confronts him and she's like are you gay and he was like, no. And she's like, well, are you straight? And he was like, no. And she's like, then what are you? And he was like, I think I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like that's definitely the like that's definitely it because you can't you don't know what ace is like you don't mm-hmm. so you're just like I I don't know or I think I'm nothing or like there is no way to say what I am because I'm not. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then asexual becomes a thing and you're like, oh, like, <laughs> voila, like, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you wish someone had told you while you were figuring everything out? Um, definitely don't let anybody tell you that you don't exist. Um, and I think, I think Tumblr did a good job of kind of giving me this idea, but just the idea that that even asexuality is a spectrum like there's so many different niche identities that can fit along that you know line or in that space um so you know don't be afraid to like figure out where you lie and don't restrict yourself to a certain like space if you don't really feel that if that makes sense yeah explore and don't yeah don't let anybody tell you that you don't belong in somewhere (laughs) yeah I I think it's it'd be so great to have someone tell me that you know 10 15 years ago Mm -hmm. yeah have like do you ever try dating I do um I have only recently tried dating more um okay (laughs) it's always kind of weird just because I I think the biggest complication for me is just that I don't pick up on cues and so there was a couple of years ago, I was seeing this girl and I think part of the reason she, you know, ended whatever it was that we were doing. Uh, <laughs> That's so relatable. Um, was partially because like I didn't react, like, you know, I, I didn't try to kiss her or, you know, anything like that because I didn't know at what point that was okay or, I basically need somebody to, like, hold my hand and just be like, okay, we're doing this now. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of the biggest thing because people, I think, expect you to, like, recognize when they're trying to make a move on you. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you got to use your words Mm -hmm. because I will not pick up on this. Yeah. Um, Like a translator. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I would (laughs) – I've talked to my therapist about this multiple (laughs) times where I'm just like, I feel like there's a manual – that yeah. I'm missing yeah. on like human interaction here mm-hmm. because so much of it is just like unspoken in this specific context. Yeah. And I mean, she assured me there's no manual, but <laughs> I, sometimes I think she's like, <laughs> that's, what she, that's what she says. Exactly. <laughs> she, she would say that. <laughs> um, yeah. I think 
my other thing that I haven't really faced yet, but in terms of like concerns with dating is just, I never know how much to give people in terms of like where I identify just because it's like, it's, it's easier up to a point for me to just be like, you know, I, you know, I'm pan romantic or yeah. I'm pan. Um, because I think as soon as people hear ace, they like run for the hills yeah. and because they make all these assumptions and I'm like, no, if we have a conversation about what that identity means to me, yeah, maybe you'll see that, you know, yeah. you're not missing, going to miss out on stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I still need more experience in the dating area but mm-hmm. sometimes i wish there was just like an ace commune somewhere where i could just be like hey oh man let's cuddle that's literally <laughs> my dream like i know people say like don't join cults and stuff but like <laughs> i think i would be so easily like just like convinced to join a cult because mm-hmm. i'd be like you mean we all get to hang out like a family and like be really close to each other but like not necessarily in that mm-hmm. way like mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like, scary yeah <laughs> so is there something like what spurred you to start dating more recently um i think just like personally uh increasing confidence um and curiosity especially with um kind of this whole demi versus gray conundrum mm-hmm. o- honestly part of it is just like i just want to figure out what my not my boundaries are but like kind of more accurately where i fall and yeah. just kind of test theories and be like okay mm-hmm. so there's certain type of people that like i'm more consistently attracted to or is it really just nothing you know until right. yeah. something <laughs> right um so it's mostly been just kind of the idea of experiment. Okay, so and then once you're in those situations, like I know you mentioned, you usually just stick to saying you're pan romantic. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to be more open about it, or not that you aren't being open, but like how do you start those conversations, and at what point do you start those conversations? I have only had that conversation with like a potential person once. Oh, okay. Um, so I've, it's it's never gotten that far to the because. I, what I always struggle with is whether to just completely lead off with it and be like, hey, this is the thing, I'm ace, as kind of a, like, not a warning, but just like. Right, like a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so far, I've just found it easier to just be like, wait. Um, And I know the internet is very torn over the best practice there. Yeah. Um, And she was actually the one to mention it. Just because we'd talked about the um, – with somebody I went on a couple dates with, and I mentioned that I'd se- been seeing this other girl previously for, like, a month and a half, but we hadn't slept together. And she was shocked by that. Ugh. And <laughs> I was like, okay, you don't how, need to be that shocked. Like, how shocking is that? Like, right? Yeah. Um, and she was just like, are you ace? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of it. She was just like, okay. Damn. Um. Yeah, so I don't really have good advice on how to broach that conversation. Right. I mean, no advice needed, I guess. But Mm -hmm. I just find it so strange that – so let's try to think, like, if – okay, if you're an allosexual, how soon do you think you should be having sex? Or, like, like at what (laughs) point does it become weird that you haven't had sex? And, you know, I – Exactly. I'm just kind of like, is that 
is that a thing? Like, I I have no like idea. Like, a month and a half is shocking? Yeah. I To me, that doesn't seem very long. Mm-mm. And, I mean, I know some people, like, will, like, sleep together on the, the second or third date. And I'm just like, okay, you like, do you. that's fine. But why are we, like, why is there a need for shock? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, like, I can't imagine, ha- like, living, like, I can't imagine having an urge that strong for someone I've known for like well I mean that and I personally can't imagine having that urge (laughs) so like at all Mm -hmm. so it's just like mind-blowing to me like to me when I picture those scenarios I'm picturing them both just like not forcing themselves to do it but like the effort they must go through to yeah get to that point Mm -hmm. you know that must be exhausting right I to me I think it would I think from what I understand from what my friends have said, it's not that exhausting. Yeah, that's why you're. Um, <laughs> but, no, I I totally get what you're saying because to me it would be like – I mean, even I, – I don't personally really like kissing that much. So mm-hmm. even when people are like, kiss goodnight or whatever, I'm just yeah. kind of like, we're doing that now? Yeah. Like, aren't we going to wait a little while for that? Yeah. Okay, wait, for real. I would love to talk – like, go on the sidebar with you. What does kissing feel like to you? Does uh, it just feel like two mouths touching? Yes. Okay. Yes, it really does. And I know that's like people are like, yeah, that's what kissing is. But I'm like, no, but that's what it feels like. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like anything else. Yeah. Um. I, the first time somebody kissed me, I was kind of like, okay, what is this? Yeah. Uh, and I remember it was my senior year in high school and the guy texted me afterwards. He was like, did you feel like fireworks or do you feel the buzzing i've heard that i've gotten that from a lot of girls that they feel like a tingly sensation i was like sure yeah totally did not feel that um and yeah so now i mean when i have like made out with a couple people and i just kind of do what they do and yeah. i'm just kind of there like you're like am i doing this right yeah and i'm like this is for your enjoyment that's yeah. fine i don't really i'm not getting anything from mm-hmm. it um but yeah no it's super weird i'm definitely more of like a touch person i'm just i'm a cuddler i'm a hugger um and so like physical affection is much more my style and Mm -hmm. yeah mouths can just be a part it's just it literally is like a mouth touching a mouth Mm -hmm. and for the longest time i just assumed that every kiss i'd had had been a bad kiss and then i found out the other participant had always been super into it and I was like, oh, you were like, oh, you were having a good time. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. like I literally felt nothing. <laughs> yeah. The the person who asked me if I was ace, um, it was after a date. And we went to a movie um, and made out during the movie. And I was just kind of like, whatever. I'd kind of yeah. rather be watching this movie right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she texted me afterwards with this whole thing about how it was like mind-blowing makeout session i was like that's the first time i've made out with anybody so (laughs) okay and she just like thoroughly enjoyed it i was just sitting there reading my phone like okay okay have fun glad you enjoyed it but i yeah i wonder if there's an aspect to it where you're just like paying attention to it because you're not feeling much, and mm-hmm. so you get really good at, like, the technicalities of it. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Yeah. I think that might have been it, honestly, because I just kind of was, like, doing what she did. Yeah. Um, But I just remember looking at the phone, like, okay. I. 
what? How? But like, what? who are you kissing? Like, <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah, exactly. Like, so I don't know. Maybe I'm a good kisser, and I guess other people can enjoy that fact. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, God, that's so good. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same book. It's just like I don't get it. And mm-hmm. I wish I did sometimes, but mm-hmm. I just, I don't know if I'll ever get it. Yeah. I, there's definitely a part of me that wishes I did too. Because yeah. it looks like people are having so much fun. Okay. That's my whole thing. If people didn't seem to enjoy it so much, I wouldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But people seem to like it so much. Mm-hmm. And like people describe it in these like awesome ways. <laughs> and like, I'll be like, wow, like that'd be great. And then like you do it and you're like, oh, this is super disappointing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, want to switch gears a little bit and okay. talk about your work with the St. Paul Almanac? Okay, yeah. Um, so it's a publication that comes out yearly, um, and it's the content is mostly based on St. Paul, but there's like kind of Twin Cities in general. Um, and it's a compilation of stories, poetry, um, and art submitted by local artists. Um, and basically, what I've participated in, I've um, did it for the first time last year is there's a like a group of 30 people who get together weekly for um, about three months and we want run through all the submissions and basically choose what's what goes in the volume and what is gonna not make it make the cut or whatever um, and it was just last year was such an amazing experience um, because it's the group of people that was gathered um, was multicultural multi not generational but there's you know people in their 60s and there's like 16 year olds um, who are we're doing it for like partial high school credit yeah um and it was really cool just kind of a gather with a bunch of writers um and be in that creative space that was really good for my creative juices but also to be able to participate in um shining a light on marginalized voices and stories that might not make it elsewhere or people don't necessarily know about um so there's you know some about people you know (laughs) flannel castillo you know that kind of more political stuff and there's like nostalgic pieces um and stuff like that um and it's just a really awesome experience. That's so cool. When does it come out usually? Um, it comes out every September, I think. So okay. the last year's volume um, is being released, I think, like September 18th. Um, and then the the new session of, like, editing will start in October. Dang. Mm-hmm. So that's a long process. Yep. So where do people find it? Um, I... Or, like, find the book. Yeah. A lot of times it'll be at, like, coffee shops, um, just kind of random locations around the around the city. Um, I think you can get it, like, in the bookstore, too, and stuff okay. like that. Um, um, I have one more question. Okay. Uh, who's someone who's important to you? Um, my best friend, Nelson. Ooh, wow. <laughs> um, they are currently living in Iowa until they can be freed. Oh, um, no. <laughs> But they, um, I've known them since I started at St. Kate's, so like five or six years now, and they've just been through, been with me through ups and downs, and they're just amazing. <laughs> That's so nice. How long have you known them? Um, for 
six years, yeah. Okay. I met in February 2013. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. How long have they been in Iowa? Um, they. I mean, they grew up there, but they just moved back last summer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Looking at my watch, I'm like, they, they lived in New Jersey for a couple of years. I'm like, okay, it's time you're back in Minnesota. Yeah. Like, this is... Yeah. I was certainly closer than New Jersey, but still about a five-hour drive. I'm like, okay, I need you 20 minutes away. Yeah. Because, yeah, we need yeah. to hang out more. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Friends are important. Yes. How do you see friendship? Oh, um, I think friendship is super, super important. Um, I, it's weird, like, in terms of friendship, it's weird because I have a very, very thin line between, like, crush and squish. And to me, like, platonic relationships at this point are more important just because I'm cynical and romantic relationships seem super transient. Um, but there, it also, friendship is also a little weird for me just because I do kind of have that, like, gray area where I'm like, I don't know how I feel about you. I know that I want to be, like, best friends with you and really close with you and want you to be my friend forever. Right. Um, but I also don't know if I want to make out with you. Yeah. <laughs> or if, like, I want to date you. Um, so I guess that is, like, one other kind of complicating factor about being ace is, like, squishes are yeah are complicated yeah but also i love them (laughs) i do have a problem with like when it gets to a point where i'm like oh am like do i want this friendship to be more but to me like there is no more than friendship Mm -hmm. like friendship is my like ultimate like Mm -hmm. oh like everything i need out of relationships can be found in friendships yep um and so I think a lot of the time when that happens to me personally, it's more of like I think a driving force of kind of what's expected of me and mm-hmm. like people being like, well, like there is someone out there or like whatever. So I'm always constantly kind of like, oh, should I be looking for mm-hmm. like somehow progressing this further even though I don't think I need to? Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever feel that way? Yeah, I I think I totally get that where you're just kind of like, what are the other person's expectations yeah. and like, what is, you know, what am I, what expectations are, am I facing from like outside world and stuff like yes. that? Um, and that's, that's really complicated and hard to navigate. Um, I think my, my biggest stumbling block is that when I have like a squish, which for me is like a really intense French cr- friend crush, um, where it's like I am kind of it's more like adoration yeah (laughs) um and I think for me I just kind of act super like affectionate and you know want to tell people like oh my god like I love you and it's totally platonic but I need you in my life yeah um and I mostly get concerned with how that comes off because people are super weirded out by that yes and so anytime I find people who are, like, they understand that, like, intense friendship that I'm looking for and, like, that I feel satisfied with, it's like, thank God I don't have to explain this to you. Yeah. We can just, like, have this bond and, like, y'all can date who you want, whatever, but as long as I'm an important part of your life, yeah, we're fine. That's literally, oh, my God, you put it so well. <laughs> I have two really good friends who are like that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're literally the best. Um 
I love them so much and they know how much they mean to me mm-hmm. and they do make me a big part of their lives. So mm-hmm. it's great. I have this other friend who is also a huge part of my life and I'm I feel like my feelings for them are the same level as the other two friends, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're the ones who are on that a little bit of like I'm scared, I'm weirding them out mm-hmm. and I don't think they really understand where I'm coming from mm-hmm. and like that I don't like I'm not trying to like like keep them for myself or like I'm not trying to like make a move on right. them. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, that's totally relatable. Mm-hmm. Um and it always kind of sucks when at least for me when I start to feel like the the squish interest in people where mm-hmm. I'm just like, "Oh, you're really cool and like I feel like I, you know, want to know you for a really long time." And they're just like not interested yeah. and I'm just like oh man that hurts yeah like it's like a crushing blow it's almost like heartbreak yeah and it's I don't think they really understand Mm -hmm. what you're trying to say or or they do and it's like they it's not important to them yeah yeah and then trying to explain to other people why I'm so like upset about this missed opportunity of a friendship yeah they they just don't necessarily get it they're like just get over it I'm like person like <laughs> I got struck with an arrow it wasn't from Cupid I don't know who it was from yeah. but like yeah. now I'm gonna dig it out and yep. <laughs> bury it somewhere <laughs> god it's so good oh no I totally get it I'm I'm glad that you're on like the same wavelength as me with this that's so good it's always nice to find other people who yeah. get that feeling yeah which is the point of this podcast so that's good um well that wraps it up Actually, that was super quick. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun. I did too. Good. And thank you to everyone leaving comments on iTunes. Um, I actually read every single review, and it means so much to me. If you can't leave a comment on iTunes, you can tweet about the show uh, using the AOK podcast hashtag, and I'll definitely see it. Um, And as always, thank you to Uberkick for the use of their song A-OK, to Tanner Grayler as Rats and Children for creating our beautiful cover art, and to Sophie Lalonde for editing and producing this episode. I'll be back next week with another guest, but until then, I'm Courtney Lang. And I'm Bridget. And and we we are A-OK. Thanks for asking anyway.